the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Time for the Bill Bunkley Show. So in place of his program today, we have some great ministry programs we hope you'll enjoy. And the Bill Bunkley Show will return to its normal time again here. But in the meantime, we hope you like listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. That's coming up next here on Faith Talk Tampa. The following program is sponsored by The Barnabas Effect and is pre-recorded. When we receive God's forgiveness, it's like a shot in the arm spiritually. It's like a spiritual monster energy drink. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against him and whose spirit is no deceit. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Forgiveness is the act of setting someone free from an obligation to you that's a result of a wrong done against you. Now, let's take a quick survey. Raise your hand if you've ever had a wrong done against you. All right, that was easy. Right? That's the easiest question I've ever asked. Of course you have. So forgiveness is when we set someone free from the obligation that they now owe because of that wrong that they did against us. Three things in that. First of all, a wrong's been done. Second of all, a debt is owed. Thirdly, freedom is granted. Now, what does that think of, make you think of when I just walk through that? I think it's what Paul's trying to teach us in this simple verse. Forgiveness is best understood. We can best understand the meaning of forgiveness when we look at what God has done through, uh, for us through Jesus Christ. So think of those three things. A wrong has been done. We did wrong. Say this, say, I did wrong. wrong. Sure you did, because you're a sinner, just like me. The Bible says in Romans 3, all of us have sinned, and we've fallen short of God's design, his mark. And so all of us have done wrong. Secondly, we owe a debt. What is the debt? Well, the Bible says the wages or the payment of sin is what? Death. So the debt that we owe is to die. You understand that, right? That's what scripture teaches. If our sin is left undealt with, we will spend forever in death. Those who have forgiveness spend forever with life. Those who don't have forgiveness spend forever in death. We know the places where the Bible says those take place. Those who spend forever in life spend it in heaven. Those who spend forever in death spend it in hell. That's just what scripture teaches. We owe a debt. But Jesus paid our sin debt And he sets us free from our obligations. That's the simplicity of the gospel. God did in Jesus on the cross of Calvary what we could never do for ourselves. So you could say forgiveness simply means doing for others what God has done for us. 
Now just think about that as I read the definition again. Forgiveness is the act of setting someone free from an obligation to you that's a result of a wrong done against you. There's some other ways I think you can think about this. I love Charles Stanley, the great preacher and teacher. He says, forgiveness is giving up my right to hurting you for hurting me. Or Chris Braun said, forgiveness is a commitment by the offended to pardon graciously the repentant from moral liability and to be reconciled to that person, although not all consequences are necessarily eliminated. Tim Keller has a, a great new book on forgiveness. And listen to what he says. Forgiveness is granted, that's the event, before it's felt. That's the process. It's a promise before God not to take revenge on a wrongdoer for making his or her sin against you. Making that promise entails three practical commitments. You promise not to constantly bring the sin up to the wrongdoer in order to browbeat or punish her or him. You promise not to constantly bring the sin up to other people in order to hurt the wrongdoer's reputation and relationship with others. And you promise not to constantly bring the sin up to yourself to keep the anger hot, not to replay the video of it in order to cherish the feelings of nobility and the virtue that comes from having been treated unjustly. That's forgiveness. It, It really is getting to this place by God's grace that you're moving forward. You're no longer bound by this collar of unforgiveness. You're no longer chained up by these things like bitterness and anger and resentment. But you're moving forward by God's grace, having been forgiven and forgiving others. But it's hard, isn't it? Because we've walked through some hard stuff. And and some of you have walked through some really hard stuff. The things that you've endured, the things that you have walked through. How could you possibly imagine forgiving someone? Because when we think of forgiveness, we think transactional. We, we think we have to say to someone, you need to be forgiven. And they say to us, I, I am sorry. Or, or we say to someone, I am sorry. And they say to us, I forgive you. Sometimes forgiveness is transactional, but sometimes forgiveness is unilateral. You know what that means? It's just one way. So it may be that the person that hurts you is not even living anymore. Maybe a parent or a spouse who abandoned you. It may be that it's not even wise or safe for you to be around that person. They're in jail or they should be. It it may be that it's just not something that's going to happen face to face. So how do we do this? How do we walk through this hard time? What do we do? First of all, you need to understand what forgiveness is not. So we talked about forgiveness, the meaning. Let me talk about forgiveness, the myths. Because some of you are struggling with forgiveness because you're thinking it's something that it's not. So this will be real quick. Let me just help you by telling you that forgiveness does not mean you forget the wrong done to you. Some of you struggle to forgive because you say, I forgive, but I can never forget. Well, of course you can't. You you can't just block something out automatically. Sometimes because of emotional pain or psychological impact, our memories are blocked. But that's rarely done because we sit here and go, I'm not going to think about it anymore. It's just not the way it works. 
We're not God. God can do that. Did you know God says that when it comes to our sin that is confessed and forgiven, he separates it as far as the east is from the west. He remembers it no more, the Bible says. But we're not God. So forgiveness doesn't mean you forget the wrong done to you. Forgiveness does not mean you approve of the wrong done to you. I've heard people say, if I forgive, it's it's going to be like I'm saying that I was okay with it. No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean you excuse the wrong done to you. It certainly doesn't mean you pardon the wrong done to you. You know what a pardon is? Every year at the end of the year, sometimes at the stroke of midnight, the president will pardon criminals, people who have been convicted of crimes. It makes big news, sometimes bigger than others. But the the president, what are they saying? They're saying you're not only freed from these charges, there are no longer any consequences to what you've done. It's not forgiveness. You're not going to take away the consequences. Again, you don't have that power. Sometimes that's in the hands of the law. Sometimes things have been set into motion. Think about David. David's one of the greatest examples in Scripture of public sin, of public confession, and of forgiveness of God. We know this because in the New Testament, David is still referred to as a man after God's own heart. And yet... Were there consequences of his sin, even though he got right with God? Oh, yeah. His family was a mess for generations. Moses is described in Scripture as maybe the greatest leader that's ever been. Nobody before him or after him like Moses. And yet, did you know why Moses didn't get to go to the promised land? It's called his sin. Specifically, because of his anger. He disobeyed God in anger. So there were consequences, even though he got God's forgiveness. Forgiveness does not necessarily mean you reconcile with the wrongdoer. As I've mentioned, that's sometimes not possible, and sometimes it's not beneficial. It does not mean you repress the pain that the wrongdoing caused and pretend like nothing happened. Don't believe the myths Understand the meaning. Forgiveness, the meaning. Forgiveness, the myth. But I want you to hear forgiveness, the mandate. So this is what scripture says. Be very clear. Look again at verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other just as in Christ, God forgave you. If you hang out here very often, you've heard me say a Christ follower never has the liberty to be unkind. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. Today I want to give you a new statement according to Ephesians 4.32. Christ follower never has the liberty to be unforgiving. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, 
you don't have that option. This was a command, and it's consistent throughout Scripture. Again, in Colossians 3 and verse 13, it says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. But lest you think this is just the Apostle Paul, this did not originate with him. How about the words of Jesus? He taught us how to pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. One of the greatest resources I've ever found on forgiveness is a book called Total Forgiveness, and it's by a man named R.T. Kendall. Total Forgiveness, R.T. Kendall. This is what R.T. Kendall says about the verse we just read. He says, isn't it interesting that just after Jesus has taught us to pray for daily bread, he teaches us to pray for daily forgiveness. This is an integral daily part of our life. But that's not where Jesus stopped. In fact, if you're reading in Matthew, right after the Lord's Prayer, this is what he says in verse 14. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Guys, some of you may not have known these verses were in the Bible, but this speaks of the mandate. This teaches us that forgiveness is not optional, that, that Christ's followers never have the liberty to be unkind, that forgiveness for us is conditional. Our ability to experience God's forgiveness is directly related to our ability to express, experience, express forgiveness to others. So how are you doing with that? refuse to forgive is to burn a bridge over which you must pass. That's what Tony Evans said. Listen to how Mark describes this. Mark 11 and verse 25. When you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. So that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Church, it's important as a pastor and a teacher that you understand the significance of this biblical reality. We are mandated to forgive. Jesus illustrates this in Matthew 18. He tells a story. He says there's a master who has many servants. Some of the servants owe him debts. He decides to collect on those debts. So he calls in a man who owes him what would equal more than 20 years worth of annual wages. Some scholars have calculated that this would literally be billions of dollars in today's money. He comes in and tells the guy, it's time to pay your debt. Of course, the guy has no way to pay the debt. So what does he do? <laughs> he says, I can't do this. Please forgive me. And he begs, he begs, he begs for forgiveness. What does the master do? He forgives him and he cancels the debt. Jesus continues to tell the story and he says that that guy 
leaves the presence of the master and he goes out into the community and he comes across people that owe him debts. And this one guy, the Bible says it really wasn't that much money compared to what he owed. This is more like, I don't know, money it would take to buy a dozen eggs at Publix. Well, that is a good bit of money. But he told the the guy, it's time to pay up. And the guy began to beg him, please don't let me pay. But the Bible says he grabbed him by the neck and said, no, you're going to pay. And then the word gets back to the master, the master. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 18, 32. Then the master called the servant in. He said, you wicked servant. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In his anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. And then Jesus says, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. I want you to understand that this is something we have to we have to see as a mandate from God. But at this point, it still seems like an impossible mandate. It's like the piece of lint that we can't get up. We're still just adjusting ourselves. So how do we respond? How do we do this? I think that's found in the motivation that Paul describes at the end of that verse. So we've looked at forgiveness, the meaning, and forgiveness, the myths, and forgiveness, the mandates. I want you to see forgiveness, the motivation. So one more time. In fact, this time, let's read Ephesians 4.32 together. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. What do you think our motivation is to forgive? We've been forgiven by Christ. How does God in Christ forgive us? Well, let me go back to something we've talked about. It begins unilaterally. You understand that? The Bible teaches us that when Jesus died on the cross, he died for all sin, past, present, and future. You know that had to be the case. If that were not the case, then he would have to keep going back to the cross. And that would not have been a new covenant. That would have been like the old covenant where there would have to be sacrifice made every year because sins would be renewed repeatedly. But the Bible says in the book of Hebrews that when Jesus died, he died once for all. And because Jesus died once for all, that means he died regardless of our response to his death. So his forgiveness that he's making available was not based on anything that we do. His forgiveness was unilateral. Just like sometimes you will have to forgive. This is how the Bible describes that forgiveness in Romans chapter 5. You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It should motivate us that in a unilateral action, 
Jesus died for us. We didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. It was all a result of his grace. Sometimes I'll talk to someone about forgiveness and they'll say, Pastor Paul, it's just not fair. And I might have to say, you're right. It's not. And I would say to you is that unilateral forgiveness that God makes available to us through Jesus, it's not fair. You know what would be fair? What would be righteous and just is that God would give us the punishment that we deserve. That would be fair. God's not always fair, but he's always just. He always does what's right. Then he allows us to apply this forgiveness in that transactional way. So this forgiveness that was granted once and for all, how do we receive that? We look to Jesus. We recognize that his death paid it all. We entrust him with our lives. We agree with him about our sinfulness. And we receive that forgiveness. Now what takes place when that happens? Number one, it brings glory to the name of God. God is glorified when you confess your sins and when you receive forgiveness. Psalms 25, 11 says, For the sake of your name, Lord, forgive my iniquity, though it is great. Secondly, when we receive God's forgiveness, it's like a shot in the arm spiritually. It invigorates us. It's like a spiritual monster energy drink. Listen to what it says in Psalm 32. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one who does not count, whose sin the Lord does not count against them and whose spirit is no deceit. When I've kept silent, my bones wasted away, though my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was zapped in the heat of the summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover my iniquity and said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sins. Something happens to us. I believe even physically, but certainly spiritually. When we receive God's forgiveness. But the biggest thing that happens is that we're changed. We're released from the debt that we owe. I told you David's sin. Man, Everybody in the world knows about David's sin. Aren't you glad you're not him? I mean, maybe some people know some of the bad things. You know, Not like David. But we also have his confession. And I love what he says in Psalm 51.10. Create in me a pure, a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast or a right spirit within me. David knew that confession and forgiveness brought change. We talked about that last week. First John says if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us of all unrighteousness. I guess I would just ask you today, before we do anything else, before you think about forgiving anyone else, have you experienced the forgiveness of of God. That's the message we come to share every time we gather. We are needy. We're made needy because of our sinfulness. 
That sin creates a debt, a debt we could never pay. But out of God's rich love, he sent his son, Jesus, who died in our place, who paid our debt. And when we look to Jesus, turning from our sin, he gives us forgiveness by showing us grace. That's the gospel. If you've never received that forgiveness, I want to invite you to do that right now. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. Be encouraged by The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on Faith Talk Tampa. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Proceeding was sponsored by The Barnabas Effect and was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. W282CI Tampa, W262CP Bayonet Point. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Or listen on TuneIn and Odyssey. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Harvard University President Claudine Gay is out. This comes amid numerous plagiarism accusations and criticism over testimony she gave at a congressional hearing where she was unable to say that calls on campus for the genocide of Jews would violate the school's conduct policy. Gay's departure comes just month, months into her tenure at Harvard. Former President Trump expected to appeal rulings from Colorado and Maine that he is no longer eligible for the presidency. The appeals of the Colorado Supreme Court ruling would go to the U.S. Supreme Court, while the appeal to the ruling of Maine's Democratic Secretary of State would go to that state's Superior Court. The college football playoff championship will be played next Monday in Houston. The Michigan Wolverines face the Washington Huskies. This is SRN News. Donald Trump's weekdays at 9 a.m. Be encouraged by The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The old principle we were taught in Henry Blackaby's experience in God. Look for where God's at work. Just get in on it. Get involved. Join him in his work. Are you doing that in your life? The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Weekday mornings at 9 on Faith Talk, AM 570-910 and letstalkfaith.com. Hi, Bill Bunkley here for Care Team Home Care. I want you to meet two excellent Care Team Home Care professionals, Bill and Carissa. My name is Bill Darnell. I'm the Director of Nursing for Care Team Home Care. I am Carissa Darnell, and I am an infusion home health nurse for Care Team I feel that I make a a great difference in patients and families' lives. I feel supported as an RN by the company, and I feel that I can deliver excellent patient care because I am not stressed out. We have a large portion of our clientele are veterans. The scheduling is flexible, and the compensation is excellent. Being able to be more at home, which is what we are, we're in the home, you're going to get to know them. 
Want to make a change for 2024? Care Team Home Care is now hiring health care aides, LPNs, and RNs. You can apply in person at 3311 West Kennedy Boulevard. And for more information on career opportunities, visit careteamhomecare.com. Hi, this is Dr. Michael Lang, board-certified optometric physician and certified nutritional specialist, and the founder of the Lang Eye Institute and Fortify Vitamins. I've hosted the very popular Ask the Doctor program since 1993. I educate you on the latest advancements and natural approaches to eye disease and total body wellness. I'm Dr. Michael Lang, helping keep America fit and healthy. The Lang Eye Institute in the Villages and the Fortified Nutrition Center on McMullen Booth Road in Clearwater. Online at fortify.com. And listen to Ask the Doctor Saturday mornings at 10 on Faith Talk Tampa. Hi there, I'm Dave Straub. Mornings here on Faith Talk Tampa. And Bill Bunkley's off today to take a well-deserved break. So uh, right now we're going to bring you a program that we've just recently introduced here on the station. You can hear it weekday mornings at 930. It's called Maximum Life Ministries with Pastor Zach Terry. Uh, He's the senior pastor at First Baptist in the Jacksonville area of Florida. His ministry's been growing steadily for 28 years now, and we hope you'll give it a listen right now. Maximum Life Ministries is next here on Faith Talk Tampa. The following is sponsored by Maximum Life Ministries Incorporated and is pre-recorded. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Maximum Life with Zach Terry. Zach is the senior pastor of First Baptist Church, Fernandina Beach, Florida. Maximum Life provides resources from Pastor Zach to equip you to reach your full potential and to experience the abundant life offered through Jesus Christ. We can't make the gospel any better, but we can certainly make it louder. That's the purpose of Maximum Life, to make and equip followers of Jesus Christ by turning media into a megaphone. My name is Zach Terry, and I am your host here at Maximum Life Radio. At Maximum Life, we want to be a part of your daily journey with Christ. That's why we make our teaching available on radio, but also online. If you haven't already done so, consider subscribing to our Maximum Life podcast so that you never miss an episode. Also, follow us on social media at Zach Terry. And subscribe to regular updates via email at ZachTerry.com. That's Z-A-C-H-T-E-R-R-Y.com. Now, without further ado, here is today's message from God's Word. Luke chapter 6, if you have your copy of God's Word, open it up there. Find verse 37 with me. Luke chapter 6, verse 37 is our text this morning. So we continue this study through the gospel according to Luke. So far, we have said that the Lord has came into this existence, into this planet as a conquering king. And he came to invade satanic territory and establish his lordship over all the earth. As the kingdom of God progresses, we see that... The kingdom of heaven, uh, the kingdom of Satan does not give up easily, but it battles against the advancement of God's rule and the rule of Jesus. And so as citizens of that kingdom of heaven, uh, you're going to be mistreated. It's a foregone conclusion that as long as he is the prince of the power of the air, Satan will see to it that you do not have an easy way to go as you try to claim new territory for our Lord. They will persecute you, attack you, slander you, despise you, 
makes no difference in the whole scheme of things. Our king has already won, and we await his arrival with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones that have gone before us. But till then, the righteous will often suffer. Thus, Jesus begins to pronounce a series of blessings and cursings in this first and greatest of all sermons, the Sermon on the Mount. He proclaims blessings over those who, because of this raging conflict and war that exists, they are poor, they're hungry, they're sad, they're despised, they're unpopular. Why? Because in this world, that is how they will be treated as followers of Jesus Christ. God's people will often suffer terribly. I heard of one gentleman uh, here, his daughter is in our own community, and he was doing mission work in Russia, and they arrested him, and they're holding him. And that's going to happen to God's people from time to time. Uh, We're not as surprised when it happens in a communist nation, but more often, uh, as time goes by, you're going to see that happening here in our own nation as well. Why? Because Satan doesn't like you, and he shouldn't like you. He doesn't like the one who saved you. He doesn't like what you stand for. And sometimes just living can be an indictment on the culture around you. In the same way, Jesus proclaimed woes or curses over those people who prosper as they work with the satanic system. They've become wealthy. They've got plenty. They're, they're, they're happy. They're popular. And Jesus says, you have your reward now. He's not declaring that all who are rich are working with the satanic system. But he is saying that sometimes in this world, that's how it goes. If you uh, give in, if you go along to get along, that sometimes it's going to, uh, you're going to be rewarded for that in this world uh, by the enemy. But if you stand for something, you're going to suffer. That was the case in Jesus' day, and it's the case in our day. Last week, Jesus taught us how to relate to those who uh, persecute, malign, attack us. He said, you're to love them. You're to do good to them. You're to pray for them. You're to bless them. Why? Because they're not your ultimate enemy. Your ultimate enemy is Satan and his kingdom of demons. They are caught up. They are enslaved by the ultimate enemy. So we work for their freedom. They're not our enemy. They're our mission field. So we're trying to win them over to our Lord. This week, he introduces us to one of the most subtle but powerful principles as all of this fleshes out. I call it the principle of proportion. The principle of proportion. Biblical principles are sort of like the laws of science. You live in them whether you recognize it and realize it or not. They're taking place all around you. Uh, Mendel's laws of genetics, you are the sum total of your parents, and those genes are in you. Uh, They're either dominant or recessive, and you may not have even known your parents. But the law still applies to you. You say, well, I don't even like my parents. The law still applies to you. It's a law. You can't get around it. You're, you're in it. Uh, the law of gravity. You say, well, I, I don't know that I believe in the law of gravity. 
be my guest to prove it wrong, you know, climb up to the top of the building and jump. Um, chances are you will not break the law of gravity, but you will be broken upon the law of gravity. It's just how things tend to operate. So with that in mind, there are principles that you're given in God's word that you, you may not be aware of. It makes no difference. If they've been in operation your entire existence, whether you knew it or not. They were in operation long before you ever were a glimmer in your father's eye. I mean, it was long before you came along. The principles were woven into the world as we know it. Now, if you understand these principles, then you can leverage them for good. And you can leverage them for the benefit of your family. But you got to know them. In Luke chapter 6, verse 37, he introduces us to this principle I call the principle of proportion. Now, read it with me. He says in verse 37, Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be proportionately given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will it be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. The principle of proportion. Let me explain it and define it. God is currently treating you as if he assumes you believe in and are living according to the golden rule. God is currently treating you as if he assumes you believe in and live according to the golden rule. In other words, you dictate how much grace and generosity God shows you by showing that same grace and generosity toward others. God responds to you proportionately. What does that mean? Well, in a sense, you control the throttle of God's goodness and grace that you're going to walk in and experience in this life. Salvifically, when you are born again, when you come to Christ by faith, many things happen. That's what the lion's share of theology is all about, is unpacking all that is entitled uh, in, your, in the work of Jesus on the cross. You know, for example, you're forgiven, right? You're forgiven the moment you trust Jesus. Grace is shed abroad in your heart. All of your sins are washed away. Nothing, therefore, can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. There is, therefore, now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You're saved. You're safe. You're going to heaven. Not only that, you become a citizen of this new kingdom we've been talking about. So you have all of the rights that uh, correspond with citizenship within a heavenly kingdom. You're looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. Not only that, you're adopted into God's family. There are several verses throughout the Bible that people, especially liberal theologians, have problems with because of the gender they use. It, it says that if you're in Christ, you are a son, little s, of God. And they say, well, why don't we broaden that out and make it sons and daughters of God? The reason we don't is because Paul didn't. 
Paul used the word for sons. Now, why is that important? Why is my sister sitting here on the front row uh, not offended by the fact that God says you will be like a son of God? Why is that important? Because in the Jewish uh, hierarchy, the girl doesn't get the same rights as the, the son. The daughter doesn't get the same inheritance rights as the son. But in Jesus Christ, our sisters here are treated as sons. Do you see the difference there? So it's important that you don't fiddle with the text. You translate it as it is. No matter what the, no matter what the culture says, uh, we don't have to play along with that stuff. You know, we can stand on truth. We can stand on scripture. And so all of this happens when you're born into the kingdom. You're a citizen. You're adopted into God's family. You're born from above. All of your sins are washed away. All of these things come into your life. You are given access to the treasure house of God's goodness and grace. However, your experience of these graces is determined by the way that you employ spiritual principles. Some come by prayer. Some come by faith. Many come by the principle of proportion. You controlling the throttle of how much of all of these things that nothing but Jesus has purchased on your behalf. But the, the number of those that you walk in and experience and enjoy are determined by the way you treat other people. It's very important you understand this. Jesus speaks of it both in the negative and the positive. He first says, don't judge and don't condemn so that you will not be judged and condemn. So the idea is don't judge and condemn other people and heaven won't judge and condemn you. Again, we're not talking salvifically. You, you receive a relationship the moment that you're saved that can never be changed or altered or broken, but your fellowship can be hindered. And he's talking about that. And he says, if you, you, you need to treat other people the way you wish that God would treat you. Now, George Barna, the statistician, tells us that this has become the most quoted verse in all the Bible. It's not even the entire verse. It's just the first two words, judge not. So that anytime a pastor or a Christian says evil is evil or good is good, the world responds with their favorite verse, judge not, judge not. Uh, you shouldn't be uh, living that way. Judge not. That's wrong. It's damaging. It's hurtful. Don't raise your kids like that. Uh, they're going to live with the consequences of what you're doing for the rest of their life. Judge not. We need to understand it. We need to unpack it a little bit. So here's, what, here's the deal. You're going to get a sermon within a sermon today, okay? The sermon is not about judge not, but I'm going to parenthetically give you a little sermonette this morning free of charge, Okay? There are types of judgments that Scripture commands you to make. You, if you're not doing it, you're sinning against God. There are several. To, to, to be honest, there's quite a few judgments that you're commanded to make. In the same setting, in Matthew's account, in Matthew 7, 6, Jesus says, Do not give dogs what is holy and don't throw your pearls before pigs or swine. Well, just that requires you to make a judgment between dogs and hogs. You following me so far? You got to discern these things. 
uh, walk with the wise and you will be wise. A companion of fools will suffer what? Harm. Well, you got to know a wise man from a fool. That takes a measure of, of discernment and judgment. As a matter of fact, you're commanded. We're going to take the Lord's table here in just a moment. And, and before you take the Lord's table, you're commanded to judge yourself. So he's not forbidding all judgments of all kinds, but he is saying there are some judgments that you are required to make. There are some that you're, you're, you're warned not to make. One is don't judge heart motives. Don't judge another man's heart motives. The Bible says man looks on the outward appearance, but where does God look? At the heart. So you can look at the outside and you can discern some things, but you can't make ultimate heart judgments about another person's heart motive. 1 Corinthians 2.11, Paul writes, For who knows the person's thoughts except the spirit of the person that is within him? There's no way that you can rightly get to the root of another person's heart motive accurately every time. Jeremiah 17, 9, the prophet writes, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? What he's suggesting is you don't even understand your own heart motives. How on earth are you going to discern someone else's? You, you watch a person singing for Jesus and you, you, you sit back in judgment and you go, I think he's sincere today. I'm going to sing. I think she's into that, so I, I, I'm going I'm, I'm to say today she gets an A+. Plus. Other times you go, well, I don't know. I, I, you know, She wore that dress. I'm not sure that she would have done that for Jesus. Maybe that was, maybe that was a, a bad motive or whatever. So I'm going to discern that she is not really, her heart's not in the right place today. God would say to all of us, be free from that. You don't have to do that. There's only one person whose motives you've got to worry about. That's yours. And you've got to check your heart all the time and make sure your motives, as best you can tell, are pointed in the right direction. But you don't have to anybody else's. You never have to do that again. You can be free. And if you'll look at it that way, it really is a freeing thing. Because there is, there is something, especially with you, as you uh, have different positions of leadership, that you kind of feel like, oh, well, maybe, maybe you, know, you want to make sure everybody's got their heart in it and everybody's on the right page. But you can't know another person's heart. So God doesn't require you to do that. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 4 or 5, it says, Therefore, do not go on passing judgment before the time, but wait until the Lord comes, who will bring to light the hidden things in darkness and disclose the motives of men's hearts. And then each man's praise will come to him from God. So we don't have to. We don't have to discern that. Letter B, we're not to judge in a way that we would not want to be judged. How do you want someone to judge you? Let's say you really mess up. You do something, you knew better, but we're human and we mess up, don't we? Let's say that, that it's your turn and the community reads about it uh, on Facebook. And then they're making judgment calls. How do you want to be treated in that time if it were to ever happen? Tell you what I would want. I would want them to take into consideration every possibility, everything that I was dealing with. I want them to look at the way I was raised, 
I want them to look at, I've been a Baptist preacher for a long time, and that in itself deserves some therapy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I want them to take everything into consideration and be as merciful and as gentle and as graceful in my hour of failure as they possibly can be. God says, fair enough. Treat other people that way. Be gentle. Be kind. When somebody messes up, you don't be the person that they're running from. You position yourself as the one they'll run to. And if you'll treat other people that way, heaven will treat you that way. It's an amazing principle, but it's not the kind of thing that's just uh, A plus B equals C. You are the variable. You determine God's grace in in the hour of need in your life by showing it in the hour of need in another person's life. Don't judge heart motives. Don't judge in a way that you would not want to be judged. Don't judge in areas uh, that you don't want people to judge you about. So I'm not talking about the type of judgment, but the area. There's some things, if, if, I'm, if I'm going down a road or doing something that's going to destroy my family, man, I want to have a good family. I want to have, you know, Maxwell used to say, um, success is when the people who know you best love and respect you the most. I want that. I want my kids with me at Christmas. I want them to want to be there. I want I want that when I'm old and they're older and they have families of their own. I want them to want to be around dad and want to be around mom. And I want mom and dad to be together. So if I'm heading in a direction that's diametrically opposed to what my stated goals are, I invite you to step into my world and say, brother, I love you, but that ain't going to get you where you want to go. Is that fair? That's not judgmental. That's loving. If, if I'm doing something that's going to, uh, if I'm playing with something that plays for keeps, for you to step into my life and say, how can I help you get out of that? That's not judgmental. That's not what Jesus is talking about. That's loving. But there are some categories I just don't really want your opinion on. I love you, but it's not something I invite you to judge me about. Uh, I eat horrible. And I like it. (laughs) I know it's not nutritious. But, I mean, I like butter. I like bacon. Deep fry anything. And I'll my, my life verse is eat whatever they put in front of you without asking questions for conscience sake. That's in 1 Corinthians, and that's the Word of God. So, um, I just, I love you, but I don't really care if you like it or not, you know? And so, I'm not going to judge you about it. I'm not going to judge in a way that I don't want to be judged. That's what he means, judge not, unless you want to be judged that way. In some areas, I do want to be judged. Does it, you follow me? So that's what he's saying. Judge not in that sense, in those ways. Well, those are the negatives. He says, don't judge lest you be judged, and don't condemn lest you be condemned. Then he gives some positive areas. So that's the, that's the negative. He, here's the positive. He says in verse 37, the B part, he says, forgive, and you'll be forgiven. Give. And it will proportionately be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will it be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. 
I'm going to read that last part again. Now, somebody might say, well, pastor, uh, don't, don't get into the prosperity stuff. I'm telling you, this is just written in, this is what Jesus said. Okay, this isn't what Joel Olstein said. This is what Jesus Christ said. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. What does that mean if you gave zero? Well, pastor, now you're meddling. I don't want to be judged in that area. I, listen, I don't judge you, but you ought to judge yourself. You ought to look at yourself. And if you, if you say, I'm not going to be generous, I'm going to be stingy, uh, it's hard enough to get it, I'm certainly not going to give it away. If that's the attitude you take, expect that to come back on you from heaven. My name is Zach Terry, and I am your host here at Maximum Life Radio. At Maximum Life, we want to be a part of your daily journey with Christ. That's why we make our teaching available on radio, but also online. If you haven't already done so, consider subscribing to our Maximum Life podcast so that you never miss an episode. Also, follow us on social media at Zach Terry. And subscribe to regular updates via email at ZachTerry.com. That's Z-A-C-H-T-E-R-R-Y.com. Until next time, I am Zach Terry wishing you a maximum life in Jesus Christ. On behalf of Pastor Zach and the team here at Maximum Life, thank you for listening to today's broadcast. Be sure to check out the Maximum Life podcast on your favorite podcast app. And if you happen to be in the Jacksonville, Amelia Island area on Sunday, please join us for church. For directions, service times, and ministry information, visit us online at www.fbfirst.com. That's www.fbfirst.com. Be sure to join us next time for another edition of Maximum Life with Zach Terry. Proceeding was sponsored by Maximum Life Ministries Incorporated and is pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit ZachTerry.org. That's Z-A-C-H-T-E-R-R-Y dot O-R-G. This is Jerry Boyer for townhall.com. Markets now believe that the Fed will stop fighting inflation and even go back to monetary debasement by spring. But inflation isn't really beaten yet. And with the Fed caving in and the administration stubbornly sticking to the anti-growth agenda, it likely won't be. Let me be clear. The proper target rate for inflation is zero. Any loss of purchasing power due to debasement of currency is the moral equivalent of theft. America is in a perilous dilemma. If the Fed cuts rates, inflation will persist. If it keeps rates high, then the government will have trouble keeping up its debt payments. That's how bubbles work. Once they formed, there's no easy way out. There's likely more economic pain ahead. Smart citizens should vote for candidates who support sound money and spending control. And yet we really can't count on either party. So it's time for families to start by getting their own households in order. I'm Jerry Boyer. WTVN Pinellas Park, WLCC Brandon. Faith Talk Tampa. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Download the Faith Talk Tampa app. 
SRN News. I'm John Scott. Hamas and Hezbollah officials say top Hamas leader Sali Arari has been killed in an explosion in a southern Beirut suburb. Arari had headed the group's presence in the West Bank. Meanwhile, a retired U.S. Navy admiral says that Israel is making good progress toward its goals in the war against Hamas. Correspondent Bob Agnew reports. Retired Admiral James Savridi says it's been a productive start to the war. I think the Israelis um, have made their point. He says two objectives will make that point conclusively. First, Israel will have to destroy Hamas leadership. And number two is the tunnel system. They need to destroy, decommission, flood explosively detonate those tunnel systems. It's a process Tabrini says Israel can likely accomplish within months. Bob Agner reporting. This is SRN News. The crucified message. Only God can make us holy. We cannot do it on our own. Some people will change when they see the light. Others change only when they feel the heat. Don't wait for the heat of the lake of fire before you try to change. It's too late then. Jesus says he's the light of the world. The Crucified Message, Sundays at 7.30 and again at 6.30 on Faith Talk Tampa. Urgent Camp Lejeune Settlement Message. On September 6th, the government announced it will soon begin providing fast, guaranteed settlements to Camp Lejeune Marines, families, and civilians. Awards will range between $100,000 and $550,000, with an option for higher amounts. If you or a loved one spent time at Camp Lejeune and suffered cancers of the bladder, liver, or kidneys, leukemia, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, Parkinson's, or kidney issues, you may qualify for compensation and could be paid within 60 days after accepting your settlement with your VA benefits fully protected. You may be entitled to a significant financial award for your Camp Lejeune claim, but you must act now. Call the James Harris Law Camp Lejeune helpline now to get the compensation you deserve. We're already fighting for thousands harmed by the water at Camp Lejeune. Call now or you may forever lose your right to be awarded a settlement between $100,000 and $550,000. For your free evaluation, call 800-299-7878. That's 800-299-7878. 800-299-7878. Ground. But I didn't come here today to make you afraid. I've come to offer you a word of hope. I've come to offer you from the word of God that what our human eye sees and what we experience is no match for what God has already given us, and that is faith. For fear is defeated when the instrument of faith is deployed. Gaining Ground with Pastor Evan Burroughs, Saturday afternoons at 4 on Faith Talk Tampa. Turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Yankee Arnold Ministries. This is Dr. Ralph Yankee Arnold of Yankee Arnold Ministries. I want you to join me for each weekday. There is a new name and new time, but the same clear gospel message. Mark it down. Call a friend. This is Ralph Yankee Arnold. God bless and keep looking up. Yankee Arnold Ministries. Weeknights at 6 on Faith Talk Tampa.
Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There is a tremendous price war in the term life industry. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man age 45, non-smoker, $1 million of coverage, $75 per month, level rate for 10 years. Or a man age 50, non-smoker, can obtain $500,000 of coverage for a monthly premium of $110, level rate for 20 years. That's right, guaranteed level rate for 20 years. If you're a smoker, we have great rates for you as well. At Term Bus- we specialize in policies of $500,000 and above. If you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, call today for a quote at 800-275-8525. You're probably paying more than you should. Call 800-275-8525. Remember, 800-275-8525. Sample rate quotes based on preferred non-smoker underwriting exam required to qualify. That number for term busters is 800-275-8525. 800-275-8525. I am Dave Straub, your morning host here on Faith Talk Tampa, and this is normally time for the Bill Bunkley Show. So in place of his program today, we have some great ministry programs we hope you'll enjoy. And the Bill Bunkley Show will return to its normal time again here. But in the meantime, we hope you'll like listening to Faith Answers with Dr. Gary Roy. It's coming up next here on Faith Talk Tampa. Up next is Faith Answers, sponsored by Colonial Oaks Baptist Church. This program is pre-recorded. The world is a confusing place. Bad people prosper as well as good. Bad things happen to good people. People of other faiths often seem more Christian than Christians. Are they going to heaven? Are you? Does God know you? Care about you? Hear your prayers? Is the Bible true? Why doesn't everyone believe in God? Welcome to Faith Answers with Pastor Gary Roy, pastor of Colonial Oaks Baptist Church in Sarasota, online at mycobc.com. And now... Here's Pastor Gary. If I told you my story, you would hear home. And welcome to Faith Answers. I'm Pastor Gary Roy from Colonial Oaks Baptist Church right here in Sarasota, Florida. And it's great to be with you today on New Year's Eve. Oh, yes. Oh, this is the last day of 2023, and I pray that it'll come out with a blessing for your life. And we're going to be looking into the Word of God about some things for the future, being resolved to serve God. Yes, today we're going to be spending some time in a message about that, but so glad you tuned in. And I just want to say to all of our listeners out there, thank you for being so faithful and listening to this broadcast as we get God's Word out there, as I always say. We just need to share the Word of God. And you are the reason. And so thank you so much. And we appreciate your prayers and support here at Faith Answers. And we're just delighted to be on this program to uh, air this out and let people know that Jesus Christ is Lord. And by the way, he is coming again. Oh, what a joyous day that will be. Well, we don't know what the next year holds. 2024 can be... um, you know what, somewhat, you know, anticipating good things and maybe some not so good things. But you know what, with the Lord our God, all things work together for good to those who love him and to those who are the called according to his purpose. So I challenge you in tying up loose ends of this year and getting into the new year that you can just keep your focus the way it's been. It's another day. It's a future thing. It's God's got it all under control, and we've got to trust him every step of the way. So Right now, I'm going to go to the Lord in prayer. And again, thank you for tuning in today. <clears throat> we'll be sharing some things about real commitment. Uh, you know what? 
That's what we need to come down to is the word commitment to the ways and the things of God. So let's pray together, my dear friend, and uh, let's give God the glory. Lord, we ble- we pray your blessing upon this time together as we share the word of God on Faith Answers. Thank you for all the faithful listeners out there who tune in each and every week to hear God's word. And Lord, we know your word has something to say to us today. I pray, God, that you'll just speak to every heart, meet every need, touch every life. And Lord, whatever we face tomorrow, we know that we know who holds tomorrow and we know you hold our hand. And so, God, I thank you for the precious, wonderful gift of salvation that is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. And may your blessing now be upon each and every one as we look at the word of God and speaking to our hearts, Lord, we pray this in Jesus' precious name, amen. All right, here we go. We're going to be talking about commitment, Gideon and his commitment. So here we go. Yes, indeed. When Christ comes into your heart, you just start living. Amen? And this is why we're here today, because of God's grace. Well, as um, as Lee said earlier, did you make your New Year's resolution yet? Okay. Now, <clears throat> I've learned a long time ago not to give up M&Ms for New Year. It doesn't work. <laughs> Amen? But... Um, Anyway, there are things that we can resolve to do, and we're going to talk about that today uh, in the life of a man that uh, was chosen by God, one of the most unlikely people you would meet, a man named Gideon. And if you know the story of Gideon, uh, he was just satisfied to thresh wheat and be a farmer and all the rest of this. And uh, God came to him, and an angel came to him and said, uh, uh, man of valor, I got a job for you to do. Man of much courage. Of course, Gideon was like, hey, I can't do that. I, I, I don't have the strength. I, I don't know how to do those kind of things. We're the least of the people around. And, you know, sometimes God, that's the way he chooses people. Uh, he chooses the base things of the world to confound the wise. And, by the way, the church is still alive and kicking and on fire for God and the Lord Jesus Christ is still being proclaimed. Don't let the media tell you any differently. I heard a report the other day that said, well, now 30% of the America doesn't believe in God at all or anything like that. And I thought, oh, no, no, no. I'm not allowing that to get by. Amen? We believe in God today. Amen? And we're 100% of America, so we want. Amen? All right. Well, listen, we're going to talk about being resolved today. And I have a, a, a message here from Judges chapter 7. So I want you to stand in reverence to the reading of the Word of God here today. Judges chapter 7, and I'm just going to read a couple verses in the middle of all of this because uh, basically it covers about three chapters. And I want to zero it in on what the resolve is for us as Christians throughout this time. Look at verse 7. Then the Lord said to Gideon, By the 300 men who lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hands. Let all the other people go, every man to his place. So the people took provisions and their trumpets in their hands, and he sent away all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent, and retained those 300 men. Now the camp of Midian was below him in the valley. It happened on the same night that the Lord said to him, Arise, go down against the camp, for I have delivered it into your hand. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for the word of God today. Lord, we can learn so much from this servant of yours, Gideon. 
about being strengthened in unity and strategy and loyalty to the Lord our God. So, Father, today I just pray for each and every one here as we kind of look to what is coming up uh, in this new year, perhaps, that, Lord, uh, you could come at any time. But, Lord, in the process, we have a job to do. So, Lord, strengthen your church. We pray this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. There's such great stuff in the life of Gideon. When you begin to study about this individual, you find that he's a humble man, that he's a man that most people would say, well, why would God choose this gentleman who's a wheat thresher and all this kind of thing? He's just, he's just going about his daily business, and then an angel comes to him and says, got a job for you to do. Well, that's how God works. Just look at the people that Jesus chose in his work with the 12 disciples. Man, he picked the most unlikely people in the world. I mean, tax collectors, fishermen, you name it. And yet, they were used of God to do a mighty work for his name. It's not always about the numbers. I want you to know something here today that people have a misconception about. They think that the people with the most numbers are the winners. Oh, that's not the fact here. You got to remember something about Gideon. He started out with 32,000 soldiers, people that would fight. And he was up against an army of 135,000. Now do the math. He's outnumbered by over 100,000. You say, boy, that's not much of a contest. Oh, but wait a minute. God told him, said, Gideon, you have too many people. I want you to tell 22,000 of those men to go home and watch the football game. No, Anyway, just send them home. I don't need them. You're not going to need them. But wait a minute, Lord. Now I'm down to 10,000 against 135,000. And the Lord said, oh, wait a minute. More are leaving. And so he had these people drink water in a very strange way and uh, lapping like a dog, okay? Sometimes I watch our little Skippy, and he's beginning to take over the house. And um, I know when he's thirsty because I can hear him lapping the water, right? Well, here's the thing. Whatever God saw in those 300, he told the 9,700 to go home and watch the game with the other 22,000, right? So now Gideon's down to 300 men up against an army of 135,000. You say, boy, that's not much of a contest when the top. Oh, I beg to differ. Let me tell you something, dear friend, with you and God, you are a majority. Don't pay attention to what the world's out here saying, that people don't believe in God anymore and they're not following, following after the word of God. I believe that God is about to do some great things here in the near future that's going to show the world that he is king of kings and Lord of lords and that his people, even though they suffer or they go through turmoil and trouble, are going to rise above all of that, and we're going to see one of the greatest revivals that has ever been seen. I just have a hope for a third great awakening in the United States of America and around the world. You say, boy, you're, you're pie in the sky. Oh, no, I'm not, unless that's a pecan pie. Amen? And I look at this in light of what, what can't be done for God. Nothing. Let me tell you, folks, Gideon thought, hey, wait a minute. I'm down to 300. You know why? Because God was going to instill in the mind of Gideon, when this battle is won, guess who's going to get the credit? God. If we've got too many resources sometimes, we say, boy, we sure did a good job, didn't we? We sure beat the enemy, didn't we? 
But when all the resources are ripped out from under you and you still win the battle, who gets the glory? God gets the glory. This was the whole point of the 300 being up against 135,000. So when we look at this and we look at Gideon's life and we look at his call, and he was a reluctant individual. He, like many of us, I mean, he would say, boy, I, I can't handle that job. I can't do that. <laughs> oh, man, I'll tell you, if God wants you to do something for his glory, just surrender to it. Don't try to figure it all out. He will equip you. He will enable you. I remember being called into the ministry. And when I, when I had that call, I told God, I said, now you've got to go tell Sherry this because they ain't going to fly with me, right? And she was willing. And we figured, you know what? We surrender all. I remember this. God, I don't know what to do. And I remember the first day when I, after going to school and all of these things, and the first day we were driving to the church we were pastoring in North Carolina, and we came around the corner and there were people going in the front door and parking, and, and I, I got scared half to death, and I thought, I don't know what to do today. And that was this morning. <laughs> the neat part about that is, you stay in that mindset and God will do it through you. Gideon had to learn this just like we all have to learn this. We have a, we have a, a society right now driven by fear. I can't do this. I can't do that. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength, dear friend. And if it's God's will, it will be done if you surrender to that will. I had a question asked to me over the Internet the other day. How, how do I live closer to God? Well, it does, it, listen, you don't need a, a Ph.D. to figure that out. You know what? Most people who have Ph.D.s anyway can't figure it out. You know what Ph.D. stands for, country folks? Post hole digger. Some have more than others. But you, you look at this and you start to think about, wait a minute here. If I'm going to get anything done for the, for the cause of Christ, then I've got to rely upon his power, not mine. And this is exactly what is happening today. We have not lost the battle. Don't throw in the towel. You know, people are giving up. They say, oh, what's the use? <laughs> I say, bring it on, man. There is a use. And there is a cause that is to the glory of God in your own personal walk with him. And as long as you have a breath to breathe, you still have a message to bring. Right, Joe? You can tell people about Jesus no matter what. If, you know, Fanny Crosby could write such great hymns as a blind woman and uh, impact the world that she still impacts today, my dear friend, you know she's up in glory and she's got sight now to see everything. But I want to tell you, dear friend, God will take the, 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 the weaker things of you and make them great in the eyes of God. Little boy's lunch. How are we going to feed all these thousands of people? This boy brought the loaves and the fishes, and guess what God did? He multiplied it so that even the disciples had baskets full to take over afterwards. In other words, they all got to-go boxes. Amen? God can do anything. Don't underestimate the power of God. But what do we need to do as Christians in this new year? I don't care if it's a new year, old year, or whatever year it is. But what do we need to do on a, on a consistency of how we're going to approach the problems of this world. Now, first of all, I want you to notice something. 
the church needs the, the strengthening of unity. In other words, what do I need in my life? Strengthening our unity. Unity. Notice something in verse number seven. Then the Lord said to Gideon, by 300 men who lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Let all the other people go, every man to his place. Now, obviously, God knew that those 300 had one mindset. They were in one accord to get the job done. And I look at this and I think to myself, this is what the church of the Lord Jesus Christ needs to be about. You don't need 10,000 people to say we have a successful church. You can do it with a handful of people who are on fire for God. We got to get back to that mindset. Not everybody that goes to church is in unity with the things of Christ. They say, oh, I have a different opinion about that. Well, you know what? When it comes to God's word, it's not about opinions. It's about what he said and making adjustments to believe what he said. It doesn't matter what I think. It matters what he says. And unity that is found here, and by the way, if you look at the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to remember something. He gave us one way to salvation, and that was through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. I know there's a lot of religions in this world. We talked about this in Sunday school, by the way. The biggest problem in the world is religion because a lot of people are priding themselves in how they can be so good before God. My friend, we're all sinners lost. We need to be saved by God's grace. I'm not, I'm not saying don't, don't do good. I think we ought to do good. If the Holy Spirit is working in your life and uh, he's the leader of your life, you're going to do the will of God anyhow. You're going to want to do the will of God. That person asked me the question. I said, get in the word of God. Get in fellowship with Christ and fellowship with other believers in Christ and surrender that old self to the Lord. Self is what keeps us from achieving the great things that God has in our life. I'm convinced of that. S-E-L-F. Then, you know, it's like a person does things and they, you know, the fruit of their problem. The, the problem just gets down into pride. Not this thing about, you know, remember Flip Wilson? Remember him? Some of you remember way back. What was his famous saying? The devil made me do it. I think the devil sits back and eats popcorn, drinks his soda, and thinks, man, they're doing good enough on their own. I don't have to waste any energy on them. We do a good enough job of messing things up. Blame the devil, blame myself. And folks, I, I think about this a lot with unity. We may not all like the same ice cream or maybe the same entree dish or whatever. You might like one thing and someone may like another thing, a different car, color, whatever. That's not what unity is all about. Unity is in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We've got to be in one accord. I like this part of it. You know, in the book of Acts, there were four things that built the church. The apostles' doctrine, the Bible, fellowship, that's two fellows in a ship. You know that one, amen? Fellowship always has food attached to it. That part of fellowship is great. Bible was their, the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, the breaking of bread. They, they had communion together, and they prayed. Amen? We've got to be people of prayer. And I'm not just talking about, you know, a prayer meeting. or We need to be praying for God's hand to be upon us and to do his perfect will in our personal lives and collectively through the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
pray. He said, I prayed about it and nothing happened. You didn't pray enough maybe. I don't know. But let me tell you something. God's, God does not ignore our prayers. My timing is insignificant when it comes to God's timing. Wait on the Lord, dear friend. Wait, I say, on the Lord. That's scripture. Wait. I hate it. I hate it when I hit a red light on Bay Ridge Road. Wait. Why is it always the, why is it roads? You know, one thing about heaven, we're not going to get in traffic. Amen. I'm in a hurry. So every light is red. And what is God trying to teach me? Patience? I don't know. Leave earlier? I leave earlier. I leave 15 minutes early. My wife will tell you this. We always get here way too early. Well, if I leave 15 minutes earlier, all the lights will be green. And we'll get there and have to sit in the parking lot for 10 minutes. But if I leave a little like I'm on time, then all the lights are red and I get there on time and I don't like to be on time. I like to be there before time. I'm a basket case, I'm telling you right now. Don't say amen. All right. Oh, my dear friend. That's the first half of our message about Gideon and his commitment to serve God. And you know what? Those are great truths that we find in the Word of God for any time of the year, new year, old year, whatever, day by day to be recommitted to the way of God. And it works better when you do it God's way rather than your way. I mean, that's just a fact. Hey, listen, I want to give you a few announcements here about what's going on at Colonial Oaks Baptist Church here in Sarasota, Florida. Oh, yes, we've got a lot happening. And first of all, let me just tell you where we're located. We're at 6901 Bee Ridge Road here in Sarasota. And if you get on the interstate and take exit 207, you just go east about a mile. You'll come to the roundabout, and we're down there on the left-hand side. And uh, you can come at 1030 on Sunday morning and join us for our worship service. However, if you would like to come to Bible study on Sunday morning, that starts at 915 a.m. And again, uh, we're, we're just glad that you would come. And if you do, let us know that you heard us on this broadcast, and uh, we appreciate that very much. Well, we're located there at 6901 Bee Ridge Road, Sarasota. And uh, our phone number is 941-377-2737. You can also go to our website, mycobc.com, and you can find us there and all the information about the church and archived messages, even Faith Answers broadcasts. So uh, that's all there just uh, for your listening pleasure, okay? All right. We also uh, want to say that we broadcast our worship service on Facebook, and every Sunday at 10.30 a.m., we have Church Live. Yes, you go to Church Live on Facebook, Church Live, and you'll catch us there at 10.30 a.m., and we do the entire service. We have our choir, we have singers, we have, you know, the worship service and preaching of the Word, so you'll really enjoy that if you're not able to come here in-house. Uh, you can catch us on Church Live. And by the way, that's uh, that's all over the world if you go to Facebook and you can join in with uh, worship and fellowship with, with us there. If you'd like to contact me personally and you have a question or maybe you'd like to share a prayer request, you can go to PastorGaryCobc at Comcast.net. That's PastorGaryCobc at Comcast.net. 
Hey, we also have activities going on during the week. Uh, of course, our regular Sunday morning, uh, 9.15 Sunday school and 10.30 a.m. worship and children's church also at 10.30. On uh, Tuesday nights, we have Youth Ignited for our middle school and high school students. And we have a great group that meets there on Tuesday night at 6 p.m. Uh, so if you'd like to be a part of that, please just come on. And also on Wednesday night, we have Bible study at 6 p.m. We're going through the book of Psalms. And, um, and then after that, we have Celebration Choir Rehearsal at 7.15 p.m. Uh, a lot happening there. And uh, we'd uh, once again love for you to join in with us and be a part of that. Uh, we have other programs and things that are happening from time to time. We also have singing groups that come in, and we'll have one coming up here in the next week. Uh, I'll be announcing that. But, you know, it's just great uh, to be able to come together and worship the Lord. Uh, Colonial Oaks Baptist Church is, I, I say this, one of the most loving and friendly churches. Uh, when people come here, they are welcome. And they get the truth of the Word of God. That's what's most important to us here. So we invite you to come and join us, uh, be a part of what's happening. Well, listen, we got to go to the bottom of the hour right now for a station break. You don't want to go away because we're going to continue our message on commitment in the next half hour. So, dear friends, stick around. Don't go away because we're going to be right back. You're listening to Faith Answers with Pastor Gary Roy, pastor of Colonial Oaks Baptist Church in Sarasota. To learn more, call 941-377-2737. We'll be back with more Faith Answers in a moment on Faith Talk 570 and 910. W282CI Tampa, W262CP Bayonet Point. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Or listen on TuneIn and Odyssey. SRN News. I'm John Scott. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley. They are set to appear at next week's Republican presidential debate on CNN. In contrast, former President Trump will be participating in a Fox News town hall during the same time. Both events held at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on January 10th in Des Moines, Iowa, just five days before the state's first-in-the-nation GOP voting contest. Officials say a 1.7-magnitude earthquake that hit New York City may have caused a series of small explosions on an island between Manhattan and Queens. There were no reports of any injuries. Stocks finishing mix, the Dow gained 25 points, the Nasdaq lost 245 points, and the S&P 500 dropped 27. This is SRN News. If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter, if you've got the TV volume way, way up, then you really need these. These tiny but powerful little hearing aids are the Nano CIC Rechargeable, priced at only $297 for a full pair. And no, these are not simply amplifiers. These are ultra-high quality, ultra-reliable hearing aids, priced thousands less than other hearing aids. They fit right in your ear. Nothing shows on the back of your ear. And at only $297 for a full pair. When you order today, Nano will give you a 45-day money-back guarantee. Order right now and Nano will give you a free portable charging case and even ship them to you for free. Here's the number. Call now. 
That's 800-460-2890. Urgent Camp Lejeune Settlement Message. On September 6th, the government announced it will soon begin providing fast, guaranteed settlements to Camp Lejeune Marines, families, and civilians. Awards will range between $100,000 and $550,000, with an option for higher amounts. If you or a loved one spent time at Camp Lejeune and suffered cancers of the bladder, liver, or kidneys, leukemia, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, Parkinson's, or kidney issues, you may qualify for compensation and could be paid within 60 days after accepting your settlement with your VA benefits fully protected. You may be entitled to a significant financial award for your Camp Lejeune claim, but you must act now. Call the James Harris Law Camp Lejeune helpline now to get the compensation you deserve. We're already fighting for thousands harmed by the water at Camp Lejeune. Call now or you may forever lose your right to be awarded a settlement between $100,000 and $550,000. For your free evaluation, call 800-299-7878. That's 800-299-7878. 800-299-7878. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to a decline in the economy, CarShield is announcing a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on future auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-353-2973 now. Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today. 800-353-2973. That's 800-353-2973. What do you have to lose? Call 800-353-2973. Again, 800-353-2973. I am Dave Straub, your morning host here on Faith Talk Tampa, and this is normally time for the Bill Bunkley Show. So in place of his program today, we have some great ministry programs we hope you'll enjoy. And the Bill Bunkley Show will return to its normal time again here. But in the meantime, we hope you'll enjoy Faith Answers with Dr. Gary Roy. It's coming up next here on Faith Talk Tampa. Welcome back to Faith Answers with Pastor Gary Roy on Faith Talk 570 and 910. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Here's your host, Pastor Gary Roy. Welcome back to Faith Answers. I'm Pastor Gary Roy from Colonial Oaks Baptist Church here in Sarasota. And so glad you stayed with us because this second half about commitment and Gideon uh, is really good. I mean, for any day of the year. I know we're entering into a brand new year, and this is, uh, you know, Christmas Eve, or excuse me, New Year's Eve. We just got over Christmas, but uh, New Year's Eve and all that. But, you know, really, day by day by day, we are renewed, the Scripture says. And we ought to make a new commitment every single day. Don't just do that on New Year's. Uh, Too many people make resolutions on New Year's. And that's it, you know, and then it doesn't last maybe a couple of weeks and they're back to the same old thing. But you know what? A renewal of our commitment to God every day is what's really required when we follow the Lord Jesus Christ. And I encourage you, stay in the word of God, pray, worship, fellowship with God's people. 
That's what's going to keep you strong for through this new year. So we're going to continue on with our message right now. So uh, you know what? This is uh, something I think we can all benefit from, from God's word. All right, here we go. Complicated, amen. But when it comes to the things of God, we've got to have a unified front that our leader, the head of this church, is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen? Well, we need to strengthen our unity. Unanimously, I say, going in God's direction. Well, I think, or I think, you know why we have so many denominations? Because everybody says, well, I think, instead of saying, what does God think? Let's get rid of the tags and the labels, and let's get back to focusing on Jesus Christ. Amen? We get too wound up in all kinds of tags, labels. What are you? Are this or that? Blah, blah, blah. Someone asked me questions about that. I said, I don't know. I'm just a born-again Christian, and I just read the Bible and preach it. And by the way, stick to the Word. Stick to the Word. Man's doctrines and creeds, they come and go, my friend, but the Word of God stands forever. If we get that mindset that, hey, if we're going to get this job done, we've got to be in one accord, in unity, in the things of God. Now, here's the second one, strengthening our strategy. Strategy. What's our strategy? (laughs) I used to laugh when uh, people would come to me and say, "Uh, what's your mission statement? And I pick up the Bible and I said, this is my mission statement. What, what What is your strategy? Well, I tell you what the strategy is, and it's not mine. It's not the church. It is the Lord Jesus Christ that said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Folks, we have a strategy. God gave it to us in the word of God. Let's not complicate it. Let's not cloud it up. Let's not add things to it that are insignificant. Let's just follow after what God said. And by the way, everything we do as believers ought to involve the fact that we have our focus and mind on getting seeing someone get saved by the glory of God. You know what I like about this strategy? They had a plan. Yes, they did. Look at verse 16 and 17. Then he divided the 300 men into three companies. Now, remember, these 300 men are all of the same mindset, all in the same unity of one accord. They know what God wants them to do. And so when he divided them up into three sections, uh, I like this. He put a trumpet in every man's hand. Now, Lee, this ought to strike you good, man. Everybody had a trumpet. All right, 300 of them. And he said to them, look at me and do likewise. Watch. And when I come to the edge of the camp, you shall do as I do. Now, you know what they did? They, they put these torches in these clay pots. They had trumpets. And 300 of them just blew the trumpets, marching around, busting these clay pots, fire. It looked like the 4th of July, my friend. And 135,000 Midianites thought they were overcome by 10 million people. Christians don't need to be quiet. We need to start making some noise. Amen? The noise of prayer. And I say noise. We ought to turn the volume up. You know, when, when the king told Daniel, no more praying except to me or whatever, what did he do? Went home and opened his windows up and got louder. You say, well, isn't that, isn't that just being obnoxious? I don't care what you call it. I believe that we need to be making more noise for the cause of Christ in this world because people are going too timidly and stepping back and saying, I can't say Jesus because I might offend somebody. 
And I just go up to them and say, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me. Oh, I don't want to hear that. But at the name of Jesus, every tongue, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he's Lord one day. There's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. His name is Jesus, my friend. And someone to tell me not to say Jesus? Are you kidding me? That's like telling me not to mention my grandchildren's names or now great-grandchildren. Amen. I love my Lord because he first loved me. He said, well, you know, you really don't have to mention his name. He already knows in your heart what you, don't give me that. When I am not going to stand by and let the world intimidate me not to preach the word and say the name that is above all names, Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, it was interesting this year, I found that most people I ran into said, Merry Christmas. I thought, well, what's changed here? Maybe people are like, I'm over it. I'm going to say whatever I want to say because Jesus is my Savior. Amen. Now, I know CNN and MSNBC won't like that. Tough. Amen. I believe that we are to strengthen our strategy of, of one purpose. He said, look at me and do likewise. Watch, and when I come to the edge of the camp, you shall do also. Listen, as I do, following the Great Commission. What is the Great Commission? Well, I'm glad you asked, okay? Because I'm going to read it to you. I didn't write it on the, on the screen, but I'll just read it to you. The Great Commission. You know what a commission is? That's something of an order to give out to the church to carry it out for the Lord. Now listen to this, the Great Commission. The 11 disciples, when they went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them, when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that whatever I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That, my dear friend, is the great commission from God himself. How do you improve on that? I get a little, I don't know, tangled up when people say, well, the gospel is feeding the poor. I believe in feeding the poor. I believe in helping people that, are, that need help. But that's not the gospel, dear friend. You can, you can feed someone, give them brand new clothes, get them all cleaned up, and if they don't get saved, they'll end up in hell just that way. If we get them saved and do that part with it, then they'll go to heaven and leave all that junk behind. But I'm trying to point out something here. Everybody wants to redefine what the Great Commission is. Go, preach, make disciples. That's what the Great Commission is. And I believe that's what this church is all about, by the way. I love it when people get saved. Someone said to me one day, said, I can't believe that you still give invitations at the end of the service for people to come to Christ. I don't know anything else to do but what God told me to do. And if churches aren't doing that today, woe unto them. People need to know how to get saved. You know, just don't throw it out there saying, oh, come to Jesus and all your problems will be over. I'll tell you something, I came to Jesus and I got a few more problems to deal with. But it doesn't mean I'm an unhappy person. I've got joy in my heart because this old world's passing by and we're going to be in glory one day. 
And by the way, I'd rather walk through Jesus with Jesus through my problems than without him. And I look at this and I think to myself, what is our strategy? You know, it doesn't get any simpler than what God says. And there's one plan, one plan that God gave, make disciples. What builds the church? Making disciples, following the Great Commission. So Gideon says, okay, here's what we're going to do. God has given me the instructions here. I'm going to follow God. And remember what the apostle Paul said. He said, you follow me as I follow Christ. Now, if I quit following Christ, I just get me out of the way and you keep following Christ. But we have to have leadership. We are lacking leadership in our country. Just look up in the capital. We're, we're lacking leadership, folks. And, and, I, and I, I think to myself, in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we need some leadership on the gospel of Christ. And that's our strategy. I think about this all the time. It's always been one plan, one way, and Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through him. Amen? I know it's a good idea to to have instruction on how to lead someone to Christ. I think that's a great thing. But you know what? Someone handed me a New Testament one day, and they said, just read to him John 3.16, and everything else will fall into place. I learned what the Roman road plan of salvation was. You know what that is? You just you go to the book of Romans and you, you say, look, you're a sinner. Christ died for you while you're a sinner and he loved you so much. And here's what you, you got to understand that God, God said, if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, you'll be saved. And some have told me that's dangerous. Dangerous? Keeping people from going to hell is dangerous? My friend, I don't care what theologians come up with. I'd rather stick with the word of God. This is where we're at today. And we got more battles going on in religion, and we're not focusing on the relationship of bringing someone into the family of God. And I look at this, and I think to myself, we've got to get our strategy. You know what I like about Southern Baptists right now? Who's your one? You've heard that. Who is your one? Focus in on somebody this year and make them your one that you're going to pray for, that you're going to love, that you're going to pray God will open up an opportunity to tell them how to get saved. I want to tell you something, nothing greater than you'll enjoy is seeing someone come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior. Find your one. Find your ten. Find your a hundred. But here's what it's all about. It's about one person saved at a time that builds the body of Christ. Single purpose. Get them in the church. Disciple them. Love them. Fellowship. Now here's something else. Strengthening our loyalty. Strengthening our unity. Strengthening our strategy. Strengthening our loyalty. Now, when your heart is given to Christ, everything else falls into place. By the way, Matthew and Jesus said this, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all those things will be added to you. You know what the things are? Those things we worry about all the time. The things. If God's going to add the things, I'd rather have it that way than the world adding the things. You know, we don't need another stimulus check. Well, we need more of Jesus. Amen? 
things. Government is not your God, folks. They fail miserably. God never fails. And if God said, I'll take care of the things in your life, but seek me first. Boy, we got a lot to learn about that. You know, this loyalty, I like this part of it in chapter 8, verse 22 and 23 in Judges where it says, then the men of Israel said to Gideon, and see, now Gideon, they won the battle. They ran off the Midianites. They made noise. They you know, broke the pitchers, the fire, the trumpets, just blew the minds of the enemy. 300 against 135,000. And they won. And they got together and said, man, this guy Gideon, man, he's, he's something else. Gideon. They got together with him and they said, rule over us, both you and your son, your grandson also, for you have delivered us from the hand of Midian. But Gideon said to them, I will not rule over you, nor shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. Hallelujah. Isn't it great when the Lord is ruling We've got people today that want to be self-made gods. Oh, there's a religion out there in the world today that says we're going to take care of you. We're going to pay all your bills. We're going to get rid of the dirty air. We're going to change the weather course. We're going to, oh, we're just your God. We're going to take care. My friend, you don't need that kind of God. You need the Lord, your God. The Lord shall rule over you. You know what? In that statement lies freedom. Freedom. I love being free in Jesus. Someone told me before I got saved, Gary, if you get saved, you'll never have any fun again. (laughs) I have more fun now as a Christian than I ever had before I got saved. You know, and it's good, clean fun that I don't have to go home and worry about I've done something wrong. My friend, we got the fun, we got the joy of the Lord. Forget the fun part. So you're just a crazy Christian. Amen. Proud of it. But I'm, I'm just crazy enough to believe my God is going to supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And it ain't all about this world. The older we get, the more we realize, man, this is just, this is just a time to pass through and stay alive as long as you can to tell others about Jesus. But when the, when the Lord comes or it's our time to go, hallelujah, praise God. You know why I wish the rapture would happen? Because I don't want to do any more hospital visits or funerals. Amen? I just want to, let's all go. We'll have one great celebration in heaven. All this this world offers is grief and heartache. God offers us peace and eternal life and a life worth living. By the way, Jesus said, I've come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. And I like that part of it. When the Lord is ruling over us. Resolved. Resolved in our unity to follow Christ. Resolved in our strategy to preach the gospel. Resolved in our loyalty to the only one who deserves our loyalty, that is Jesus Christ, our Lord. And you know, when people do that all together, there's not power struggles and there's not these little tug of wars that go on and You know, um, oh, God, help us in the name of Jesus to keep our eyes on him. There's peace 
when the Lord is in charge. Amen? And right now, church, just like a mighty army, we've got to join arms and lock arms together in prayer and go under the command of Christ to go into the world and bring Jesus to the lost. Don't follow this track that people are getting on today that I see in the media. There's a tremendous amount of hatred out there. The Bible says don't render evil for evil. And by the way, when you bring Christ to a lost person who's filled with hate, all of a sudden they change into a person of love. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation, and old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. You want to change the heart and the mindset of someone who's just as mean as the devil? Get him saved. Just look at the guy who was a demoniac Jesus dealt with. This guy was in the tombs, and they were worried and scared to death of this man. They tied him up with chains and everything else. He was a wild man full of Satan and, and demons. And Jesus goes up there, and the demons say, Well, what do we have to do with you, son of God? And he cast out those demons, and that man was in his right mind. He put his clothes on, and he went and told everybody what happened to him because he had a life that was changed for the glory of God. No one's beyond saving, my dear friend. And if people come to Christ, they'll be born again. All right, 2020, unity, strategy, loyalty to the Lord our God. Amen? Let's bow our heads in prayer. I want to say this while our heads are bowed. This time of the service is very important. Because within a room and the people that are here today, there may be someone that does not know when they die if they're going to heaven. Man, don't live with that fear. You can have that settled right now. So how can I know? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. The first thing we've got to recognize is why Jesus died for us in the first place, because we're sinners. Why did he go to the cross? To take away your sin. Bottom line, all have sinned. The wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. And if you acknowledge that point, first of all, that I'm a sinner, then we're on our way to getting saved. The second thing is to recognize that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. There's no one else that can save you but him. Forsake all other gods, all other ways, all other religious things. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through him. Would you acknowledge that in your heart, that Jesus is the only way to be saved? Then thirdly, confess. The Bible tells us if we confess with our mouth, that Jesus is Lord, and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Saved from condemnation of sin, saved from eternity in hell. My friend, Jesus wants to save you, but you got to confess him. With a heart, man believes unto righteousness. With a mouth, confession is made. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord will be saved. He'll save you today, dear friend. If you call on him, you want to do that right now? I urge you, if you're not saved here today, you better take care of business soon because there may not be another opportunity. 
We don't know what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds tomorrow. Would you pray this prayer with me and finalize that, settle it? If you've got any kind of fear in your heart right now about salvation, whether or not you're going to heaven one day, why don't you settle that right now? Would you pray with me? Dear God in heaven, I believe in you with all my heart. I know that I am a sinner. I fall short. But I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for my sin to take it away. He took my sin to the cross to give me his righteousness. Lord, I accept that free gift today with humility, thankfulness, knowing I don't deserve your goodness. Yet, I accept your love. Save me, Lord Jesus. Oh, my friend, did you just pray that prayer today? Did you pray that God would save your soul? Hey, listen, if you did, I want you to email me at PastorGaryCobc at Comcast.net because I'd sure love to hear about that. And I'm so glad that there are many out there who know Christ as your Savior. And by the way, if you do have a prayer request, you can always email me at PastorGaryCobc at Comcast.net. Well, that's all we have time on this broadcast for today. I just want to remind you in a couple of weeks, we have the Neelands coming. They're going to be in concert with us on Sunday, January 14th, and they'll be in the 1030 a.m. worship service. So mark your calendar and be with us on that time. And you know what? We're praying God to bless in a mighty way. Well, I just want to say as we close, a happy, wonderful, prosperous, blessed new year for everyone out there listening to Faith Answers. And thank you for tuning in. And on behalf of all of us here at Colonial Oaks Baptist Church and Faith Answers, we want to wish you a very blessed and a very wonderful day. You've been listening to Faith Answers with Pastor Gary Roy. Faith Answers is a listener-supported program. Your generous gifts are needed to help meet the goals of providing solid Bible-based teaching that will strengthen the walk of those already following Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit, draw others into a saving relationship with Him. You can help support the Faith Answers Radio Ministry by visiting mycobc.com. That's mycobc.com. Or mailing your gift to Faith Answers CO Colonial Oaks Baptist Church, 6901 B Ridge Road, Sarasota, Florida, 34241. You can call Pastor Gary Roy at 941-377-2737. Your support is a true blessing to Pastor Gary Roy and the Faith Answers Radio Ministry. Thank you for listening to Faith Answers, sponsored by Colonial Oaks Baptist Church. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit mycobc.com. That's mycobc.com. Hey, it's Tim Cooper with Health Plan Network. The 2024 open enrollment for the ACA Marketplace Health Plans is nearly over. If you've enrolled in one of those high-deductible, limited network plans, you're not stuck. You can opt out at any time with my Freedom of Choice plan. It's available all year round. My plan lets you pick your doctors. You only need a deductible if you go into a hospital, and it's 30 to 60% lower cost than Obamacare. One more thing, the premiums are not tied to your income, so there's no surprises at tax time. If you pay for your own health insurance, you're uninsured, you're on COBRA, or your employer coverage is just too expensive, call me, Tim Cooper, at 813-212-2580. 
813-212-2580 or go to healthplannetwork.net. That's healthplannetwork.net, and we can custom design a plan that's managed by you, not the government. WTBN Pinellas Park, WLCC Brandon. Faith Talk Tampa. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Download the Faith Talk Tampa app. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters reporting atop Hamas official Saleh Aruri has been killed in an explosion in a southern Beirut suburb. Correspondent Karen Chamas reports. Aruri, one of the founders of Hamas's military wing, had headed the group's presence in the West Bank. Israel's Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, had threatened to kill him even before the Hamas-Israel war began on October the 7th. Israeli officials declined to comment. The explosion shook the Lebanese capital's southern suburbs, causing chaos in the militant Hezbollah group's stronghold. Lebanon's state-run national news agency said the blast killed several people and was carried out by an Israeli drone. I'm Karen Chavas. On Wall Street, a mixed day as the Dow was up by 25 points, but the Nasdaq dropped 245, the S&P lower by 27. This is SRN News. Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 home sales are down 31 percent across america and mortgage rates are on the rise if your home is not selling you need to call our experts right now at the quick cash hotline we have investors ready to pay you cash for your property regardless of the condition it's in most of our closings can happen in about seven days you don't have to worry about a buyer getting approved you don't have to worry about showing your home one simple call right now just pick up the phone and call us i'll give you the number in a second we will negotiate with you a price to buy your home it's that simple If you're ready to sell your home right now, any home, any condition, and you don't want to put money into it, no problem. We'll buy it from you. Call right now. It's a free call. 800-656-8429. 800-656-8429. 800-656-8429. That's 800-656-8429. Need cash? Sell unwanted gold and diamond jewelry to Empire Diamond. Call 1-800-728-3425. In the Empire State Building since 1931 and a reputable Better Business Bureau member, Empire is paying the highest prices ever. The time to sell is now. Empire Diamond offers the highest cash prices without any pressure. Don't wait for gold prices to drop. Call 1-800-728-3425. That's 1-800-728-3425. Or visit EmpireDiamond.com. My name is Zach Terry, and I am the host of Maximum Life. Heard weekdays here on Faith Talk Tampa at 9.30 a.m. At Maximum Life, we believe that when the Word of God is rightly preached, the voice of God is rightly heard. To learn more about the resources offered at Maximum Life or to hear previous broadcasts, visit us online at ZachTerry.com. That's Z-A-C-H-T-E-R-R-Y.com. Or follow us on social media at Zach Terry. 
Janae's Tropicals is your one-stop shop for fruit trees, exotic tropical plants and palms, citrus, and more. Join Janae every Saturday morning at 9.30 as she shares more than 24 years of horticultural experience and hosts other green thumb experts to give you free gardening advice. Janae will teach you to live off the land and love it. Visit Janae online at tropicalfruit.com. Listen to Janae's Tropicals Saturdays at 9.30 and again at 5.30 on Faith Talk Tampa. You need to repent of your sin, turn from whatever you know is wrong, and trust Christ. Not, tr- not Christ in religion, not Christ in church, not Christ in, in good deeds, but Christ in his atoning death alone. Nothing else. And the Bible says that Christ will establish a relationship with you that will involve forgiving your sins and taking you to heaven. Verse by verse with Pastor Steve Kreloff. Weekday mornings at 6 here on Faith Talk Tampa. I am Dave Straub, your morning host here on Faith Talk Tampa, and this is normally time for the Bill Bunkley Show. So in place of his program today, we have some great ministry programs we hope you'll enjoy. And the Bill Bunkley Show will return to its normal time again here. But in the meantime, we hope you like listening to Fresh Wind Radio with host Dr. Jomo Cousins. It's coming up next here on Faith Talk Tampa. Up next is Fresh Wind Radio, sponsored by Love First Christian Center. This program is pre-recorded. It's time for Dr. Jomo Cousins on Fresh Wind Radio. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Believers, there's some dry areas in your life that you got to prophesy to. There's some situations in your life you got to speak over. We hope you're excited to hear God's word today on Fresh Wind Radio. We've got some incredible opportunities lined up for you later on in the broadcast to support this radio ministry. But for now, let's get straight to the word with Dr. Jomo Cousin. Brother drinking or a sister drinking? Hi. Oh, God. What's that, vodka? But they don't know it. So I know when I'm not being my best, my faith tank is low. So I got to get refilled. So I get the word and I recite the word to myself. And I encourage myself because I want to be the best I could be. The Bible says, The wrath of man doesn't lead to the righteousness of Christ. Whenever I get to that place where I'm angry, that's not going to glorify God. So I got to get myself in check and have a talk with me. Jomo, why are you tripping? You talk to yourself? I do. I just don't answer myself. Jomo, what's wrong with you? Now, I know what he said or she said to you. Why is that bothering you? Is it true? No, before you blame everybody, look at yourself. Because, see, if you always got a chip on your shoulder, it may be you. If you're always angry, come on, Lord Jesus, the sun is out. Well, it's going to go down soon. Oh, hey, man, get away from me, man. You're crazy. <laughs> the Bible says to wash her with the water. 
So if you can continue to let the word work on you, the Bible also said the word is like a labor. Labor means it's like soap. The more you let that word work on you, it's going to clean you up. Just let the word work because you ain't going to do it by yourself. All right. Next, look at this. He says in Joel 3.10, let the weak say I'm Too many of you are speaking your problems more than you're speaking the promise. We all got issues. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> it was maybe a month ago. Uh, I got up in the middle of the night and I fell down, right? I don't know, it was about a month ago, man. And uh, she said, there you go, jumping up too fast. You know when the blood don't get to your head? Now, I know none of y'all be doing that, okay? This is just a Jomo problem, okay? And I'm being really transparent and vulnerable right now, okay? But uh, I have neuropathy. Uh, going through the chemotherapy, it, uh, it gives my feet tingling sensation. Uh, the chemotherapy gave me neuropathy. So sometimes I don't feel my feet. If you don't feel your feet, it's a problem. I'm laughing at myself, okay? I'm laughing at myself. You don't worry, you're going to get old one day. Don't worry, you laugh at me now. Don't worry, it's all good. And uh, <laughs> I fell. I wanted to go turn the TV off, and I fell, right? And I just, I just laid there. <laughs> she said, yeah, I, I said, yeah, I'm good. I'm, I'm just chilling here for a second. <laughs> I just propped my head up on the bed. I said, I'm good. I'm good, you know what I'm saying? You know, because, see, everyone say you take one for the team. You know, when you man down, you know, I'm, I'm not ashamed, man down. I'm just going to sit here right now and let all the blood go all over the place I need to go. And I'll get back up. Just give me a minute. <laughs> let the weak. I don't talk about my challenges. We all got challenges. But I'm blessed of God. Got up this morning, did my hour of my cardio, did my jump rope, even when my, my feet tripped. Nah, we're going to jump rope feet. Let's go. Let the weak say I'm what? So he's telling you, stop maximizing your problems and start glorifying your God. Speak life. Even faith and salvation. Romans 10, 9, I believe it's next. Romans 10, 9. Look how we become to salvation. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that he died, you are saved. So salvation comes through confession and belief. So even how, even the way you get to heaven, you got to at least open your mouth. Now my last text, and we're going to close on this. It's going to bless your life. Man, this blew up in my spirit. Ezekiel, look what this says. And the hand of the Lord was upon me. And he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. Everyone say the valley. The valley is the lowest place between two high points. He is saying that I'm at rock bottom. Psalms 23 says, yea, though I go through the what? Of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. The valley is not a good place. Oh, he says this, listen, ah. Uh, it was full of bones. 
this is a place that God is taking me that have a lot of dead areas in my life. <sighs> dead seasons, dead relationships. He says this, and he calls me to pass all around them. Man, I really messed up there. I shouldn't have invested in that. Why did I give my brother my money? I should have spanked that child. No, no, no. When you look back over your life, and he said, he's taking me through the valley, and I'm seeing all of these dead situations. And he said, behold, there are very many human bones in the open valley. It's very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? Can your dead marriage live? Can that dead business live? Can that backslidden child live? He says, can it turn around? He says, Lord, I don't know. This is above my pay grade. I don't know. Verse 4, look what he says, y'all. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Believers, there's some dry areas in your life that you got to prophesy to. There's some situations in your life you got to speak over. And God says, speak to that dry situation. Speak to Thus said, Lord God, these bones, behold, I will make breath into you so that you will come to life. I will put sinews on you. Make your flesh grow back. Cover your skin. I will put breath in you so that you may come alive. And you will know, you will know that it was nobody but God. Because only God could turn this situation around. I know what the doctor said. I know what the judge said. But I know what God said. Let me see. <laughs> Look at this, y'all. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a thunder. As I started speaking, <laughs> there was a thunder. A noise and behold, a rattling. Bones started to come together. Sinews started to connect. <laughs> and I looked and behold, there were sinews and bones. Flesh grew, skin covered them, hey, y'all. But there was no breath. So you think, well, maybe I, maybe, maybe I failed. Maybe I did something wrong. Verse nine. Then he said to him, "Son, if there's something still dead, speak to that thing. <laughs> you just haven't addressed that part yet." Look, he says, "Prophesy to the breath." Son of man, say to the breath, thus saith God, come out, <laughs> oh breath, and breath was slain, breath was slain, it had to surrender to the word of God. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they came to life and stood up on their feet 
and let's see the great army. Believers, you got some dead zones in your life that you are allowing. You got some dead areas in your life. You better speak a word over that situation. Dry bones, get up. Money, come in. <laughs> Marriage, restoration. Children, reconciliation. In the name of Jesus, I speak life, life, life. Your word says that you come to give us life. John 10 and 10, and give us life. You've been listening to Fresh Wind Radio with Dr. Jomo Cousins, Senior Pastor of Love First Christian Center in Riverview, Florida. I'll be back in just a moment with fresh perspective from God's never-changing Hey, radio audience, Pastor Jomo here. I want to first thank you for your faithfulness in listening to our program over the years. We couldn't do it without you. I wanted to come to you personally to ask you to assist us in a kingdom project. We are expanding our campus with an emphasis on the next generation. We are quadrupling the size of our children's ministry and our teen ministry. And we are looking for a partnership from our faithful listeners. Jesus said to Peter in John 21, if you love me, feed my sheep. The world is not going to invest in our young people to hear about Jesus. If you feel led to assist us in this kingdom project, go to our website, lfcc.tv forward slash big give. lfcc.tv forward slash big give and give as the Lord leads you. Thank you, and remember this. It's only what we do for Christ that will last. God bless you. People often wonder if God still speaks, and the answer is yes. The real question is, have we tuned in to listen? God has not changed, and him wanting to communicate with us has not changed either. Just like he spoke with Adam, God wants to speak with you. Imagine God giving you insight on the direction you need to take in life. In my new book, How to Hear God, He Still Speaks, I'll give you the keys to hearing God's voice. Go to my website, jomocousins.com. Again, jomocousins.com and grab your copy. God bless. Now, let's get straight to the word with Dr. Jomo Cousins. Whatever sin they may have sinned, Lord, I ask forgiveness in the name of Jesus. I speak a word over my family line. Lord, I speak a word. Lord, I thank you right now. I cancel the assignment of the enemy over my family. I will speak life. No weapon formed against them shall prosper. I speak a word. I speak a word. Lord, I speak a word. Generation curses are rebuked in the name of Jesus. Anything connected to my family line that's not like you, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you right now. Yokes are destroyed. Birds are lifted in the name that's above every name. Lord, I thank you right now. For your word says, out of their bellies shall flow rivers of living water. Lord, have your way. I decree you are the head, not the tail. 
2019 is the best year of my life. It's my I decree a word over hey, my life. Hey, hey, hey. Eyes have not seen. Hey. Ears have not heard. Whoa. Neither has thought of man what God what has installed. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Lord, I thank you. This is the season of 30, 60, 100 fold. I call for the seeds that we have sown. In the name of Jesus. That Father God, it is harvest time. It is harvest time. Lord, your word says, do not get weary in well-doing. For in due season, you shall reap what you have sown. Lord, I thank you. I redeemed the time, time I wasted with people I should not have wasted. Lord, I redeemed the time. Lord, I thank you today that you are working together for my good. Lord, I thank you. Your eyes are on the sparrow. I know you're watching out for me. Lord, I thank you that everywhere the sole of my foot shall tread. I call authority. Oh, Father God. Lord, I thank you that when we step in the room, demons tremble. Lord, I thank you that, Father God, we are encamped by a host of angels. Holy, 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 holy and righteous is our King. We speak to mountains, and mountains got to move. Lord, I thank you today. Have your way. 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 Fresh wind. Let your glory fill this place. Let your glory fill this place. Only you, Father. Only you. Commissioner Barker. I want to worship. I want to worship real quick. God gave me this song, and we're just going to worship in this song. You see, some of you have been tired, and when I say new season, you're like, Lord, I, I've been through too much. <laughs> but I, I, I tell you today, believers, you have what you say. <sighs> Holy Spirit. Don't believe. 
that God gave you said Lord this is what I'm asking to see at the end of 2019 at the end of 2019 I need to see healing I need to see restoration I need to see Lord this is what I'm asking I know there's nothing too hard for you and Lord I know that 
you use is broken vessels. And I don't know what broke you, but I'm telling you, God can use it. As we took communion, it said this, he blessed, he broke, he gave. God will bless you. Then he'll break you down so he can give you to others. Because see, what happens when you're broken, now you can be used because it's not about you no more. It's about his will and his plan. This is the year, Lord, use me. Lord, help me with me. I want to be more like you. Less of me. More of you. I ask you right now, do you know him? Do you know Jesus? If you want something different, you got to do something different. I am a broken vessel. Not perfect, broken. And that's what I've learned. God will not protect you from what was intended to perfect you. You've been listening to Fresh Wind with Dr. Jomo Cousins, Senior Pastor of Love First Christian Center in Tampa, Florida. If you've been blessed by the word today, you can pick up a copy of today's message or any of our other great teaching series by simply visiting our website at freshwindradio.com. All of us at Fresh Wind want to thank you for listening and for your continued support to this radio ministry. If you'd like to support Fresh Wind Radio, you can do so by visiting our website at freshwindradio.com and simply clicking the Donate tab. Thanks again for supporting. We'll see you next time on Fresh Wind Radio. You've been listening to Fresh Wind Radio, sponsored by Love First Christian Center. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit jomocousins.com. That's jomocousins.com. W282CI Tampa, W262CP Bayonet Point. Online at letstalkfaith.com. Or listen on TuneIn and Odyssey. asking the Supreme Court to allow Border Patrol agents to cut razor wire that Texas installed on the U.S.-Mexico border while a lawsuit over the wire continues. The Justice Department filed an emergency appeal Tuesday asking the justices to put on hold last month's appellate ruling in favor of Texas, which forced federal agents to stop cutting the concertina wire the state had installed along roughly 30 miles of the Rio Grande near the border city of Eagle Pass. Large numbers of migrants have crossed there in recent months. Former President Trump is appealing a decision by Maine's Democratic Secretary of State that he cannot be on the ballot because he violated a constitutional ban against people who engaged in insurrection holding office. On Wall Street, the Dow down by 25 points. More details at srnnews.com. Hi, Bill Bunkley here for Care Team Home Care. I want you to meet two excellent care team home care professionals, Bill and Carissa. My name is Bill Darnell. I'm the director of nursing for care team home care. I am Carissa Darnell, and I am an infusion home health nurse for care team. 
I feel that I make a, a great difference in patients and families' lives. I feel supported as an RN by the company, and I feel that I can deliver excellent patient care because I am not stressed out. We have a large portion of our clientele are veterans. The scheduling is flexible, and the compensation is excellent. Being able to be more at home, which is what we are, we're in the home, you're going to get to know them. Want to make a change for 2024? Care Team Home Care is now hiring health care aides, LPNs, and RNs. You can apply in person at 3311 West Kennedy Boulevard. And for more information on career opportunities, visit careteamhomecare.com. This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to a decline in the economy, CarShield is announcing a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on future auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-353-2973 now. Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today. 800-353-2973. That's 800-353-2973. What do you have to lose? Call 800-353-2973. Again, 800-353-2973. The Attorney Patrick Smith Show. Victim of a scam? Let's go to Michael in Sarasota. When I registered my LLC, I got several soliciting calls every day. And I was traveling a lot, so I would get these calls and I would play with them. This is what I told them. I'm driving a 1995 Astro van and I transport highly explosive materials. Is this going to affect my cost? And this, no. And it was fun. You're good. Listen to the Attorney Patrick Smith Show, Saturday mornings at 8 on Faith Talk Radio. Turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. I am Dave Straub, your morning host here on Faith Talk Tampa, and this is normally time for the Bill Bunkley Show. So in place of his program today, we have some great ministry programs we hope you'll enjoy. And the Bill Bunkley Show will return to its normal time again here. But in the meantime, we hope you like listening to The Crucified Message with Reverend Tony B. Young, Jr. It's coming up next here on Faith Talk Tampa. Up next is Crucified Message, sponsored by Christ Gospel Church of St. Petersburg. This program is pre-recorded. Welcome to the Crucified Message with Dr. Tony Young, Jr., a ministry-supported program of Christ Gospel Church of St. Petersburg, Florida, where Bishop Preston Leonard is the international bishop and Dr. Young is the executive pastor. The Crucified Message is a weekly radio ministry that seeks to build bridges in our community through love, compassion, and mercy, encouraging listeners to receive the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and serve as faithful stewards until His imminent return. To learn more about Christ Gospel Church, visit ChristGospelStPete.org. That's ChristGospelStPete.org. And now, The Crucified Message. 
Let me begin our program today by thanking Salem for allowing me the opportunity to use this medium to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. We also want to thank each of you who tune in each week to listen to a message of hope, help, and heartfelt joy. We need your continued prayers and support as we embark on a new year with hopes of reaching more people for the kingdom of God. If you have been blessed by the crucified message, please consider sending your best love gift to help us reach our goal of spreading the good news to a dying world. You can send it to Christ Gospel Church, 2512 22nd Avenue South in St. Petersburg, Florida, 33712. Again, thank you so much for your continued prayers and donations to help us make a difference in the lives of those who need it most. Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, we bless your hallowed name. Now as we go into your word, we pray that you would bless us, feed us, equip us, restore us, mend us. And we'll give you all the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Our text today is coming from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8, verses 22 through 25. Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples. And he said unto them, Let us go over to the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then Jesus arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased. And there was a calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and water, and they obey him. May the Lord bless his holy word. My topic today is, let us go over to the other side. Let us go over to the other side. As we get ready to leave one year and go into another year, it's important that we prepare for what's coming next. In our text, at the very end, there are two questions that were asked. Jesus asked his disciples, where is your faith? And the disciples asked, what manner of man is this? You see, when you know the answer to the second question, then you can answer the first question. When you know what manner of man is this, then you will know where your faith is. You know, many Sundays, many churches sang the song, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness, My God, that is who you are. And then on Monday or Tuesday, a storm arises, and those same people say, Lord, please make a way. 
please perform a miracle. Lord, you promised me. In other words, when we don't know what manner of man is this, or who is this God that we serve, we find ourselves in a complex situation. But when we know who he is, then we can put our faith totally in him. In our text, to give some commentary, Jesus has had a full day and a full week. The Bible tells us that he has been preaching and teaching and healing the sick and casting out devils. Then he tells his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. Now, Lake Genseray is also called the Sea of Galilee. They launch forth, and shortly after takeoff, Jesus falls asleep, and a storm arises. I don't believe this was a coincidence that Jesus is asleep when the storm arises. We all experience storms in life. We're either in a storm, just came out of a storm, or we are about to go into a storm. Brothers and sisters, we all experience storms. Did you know that you cannot control storms? No. Storms will tear up homes and tear down buildings. You can plan for them. The meteorologist can tell you when they are coming, how powerful they are. But when they come, you cannot control the storm. You see, you cannot make somebody stay with you who wants a divorce. Why? That's a storm. You cannot even make your children do right when they are determined to do wrong. Why? Because that's a storm. You you cannot control a storm. But Jesus says, let us go over. He says, let us go over to the other side. Now, I find it amazing that when Jesus said, let us go over, the storm says, you're going under. But whose report will you believe? Are you you going over today or are you going under? Notice, Notice what happened after Jesus said, let us go over to the other side of the lake. Jesus, he fell asleep. And then there came down a storm of wind on the lake. And the boat was filled with water, and they were in jeopardy. When Jesus tells you, let's go over, the enemy will cause you to feel like you are going under. How many of you have been in that place where it feels like no matter how hard you pray, things are pulling you under? But when you know what manner of man is this, then even when you feel like you are about to go under, you can go over to the other side because Jesus is on board with you. (laughs) Hallelujah. Bless his name. A boat in water is good. Water in a boat is bad. You see, a boat needs water in order to function. 
But when things get out of order, it creates a problem. Many of us, we have the right ingredients, but they're just out of sequence. They're out of order. Some things need to stay on the outside in order for things to work properly on the inside. You see, many of our problems are not simply that we don't have the right resources or the right ingredients, but we have them out of order. These were not some weekend fishermen. They were skillful. They had experienced storms before. And this was not their first rodeo. Listen, God is not going to do everything for you. You want me to say that again? God is not going to do everything for you. No, he's not going to do for you what you can do for yourself. What more do you want him to do? He he died for you. He paid your ransom. He he paid your debt. He he sent the Holy Ghost as a comforter to lead and guide you. He walks with you and and talks with you. What more can he do? Oh, somebody said, what more? What more can he do? Sometimes we have to let our children do all they can do before we step in to help them. You see, when we try to do everything for our children, we produce weak, whiny, dependent, and deprived men and women. For it's in the struggle that we find strength. Parents, let your children figure some things out for themselves. Allow them to experience some consequences so that they learn. And then they'll say, I won't do that again. After the disciples launched forth, they they had to struggle in order to get over. After you get saved, things are not going to always be easy. No, you're going to have to work through some storms. Salvation is not a past where you don't have to suffer. If anything, it puts a mark on you just like Jesus told Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Brothers and sisters, when we get saved, thank God it's a gift. We can't earn it, but we got to go to work in the kingdom after we get saved. Somebody said, praise the Lord. Please stay tuned. I'll be right back after this short break. Hi, this is Dr. Young, pastor of Christ Gospel Church of St. Petersburg, and I want to personally invite you to our weekly services. We have a spirit-filled Sunday morning worship service at 10 a.m., an anointed midweek Bible study on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m., and a virtual victorious Monday night prayer service at 6 p.m. I'm looking forward to meeting you in service this week. My topic today is let us go over to the other side. Remember, calm seas never make skillful sailors. Be careful who you share your storm report with. You see, everybody don't want to see you go over. There are some folks who want to see you go under. 
Oh, bless the name of the Lord. Now, why was Jesus asleep during the storm? Well, one, as we mentioned earlier, he had a full week. He had been preaching, teaching, casting out devils, healing all manner of sickness, and physically he was tired. But in addition to that, he also wanted his disciples to do what they could do. Also, he wanted them to know that skill cannot save them. Their experience or education could not save them. Their their money or their position could not save them. Only Jesus could save them. What a wonderful message for you and I today. In spite of all of the experience and the knowledge that we have, the money, the power, position, only Jesus. There will come a time where only Jesus will be able to save you. You see, when we do too much for our children, they think that they're just as smart as we are. Mm-hmm. But let them fall flat on their face a few times. They'll come to you and they'll ask you for help. How many of you are afraid of snakes? Ophidiophobia. Most people fear what they don't understand. There were two men who went into their backyards. They both saw a black snake, and one gets scared and jumps back, grabs a stick, and he frantically tries to kill it. The other man is a herpetologist. He smiles and reaches down, pets the snake, and leaves it there. He's not afraid. Why? Because he has a rat problem, and he knows black snakes eats rats. One is fearful and frantic, and the other is calm and collected. We have to be careful not to sabotage our blessings. You see, many times we we get rid of the very thing that we're asking God for. We say, Lord, get rid of these rats. So God sends in some black snakes. Then we go out and we kill the snake and wonder why we still have rats. Brothers and sisters, we must open our eyes and know that all things work together for our good, for them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Everything that's in your life today has a purpose if we just open our spiritual eyes and see what God is doing. Notice that Jesus is sleeping during the storm. What a great model this is for us. The psalmist writes in Psalms 121, he says, He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. And I've just come to the realization that since God is not going to slumber or sleep today, I might as well go to sleep. There's no need for both of us to be up during the storm. So what is a storm? A storm is simply disturbed peace. This is why Jesus stood out on the bow of the boat and said, Peace, be still. What we call a storm, Jesus calls disturbed peace. You see, a storm is peace that is out of control, peace that is out of order. 
Yes, sometimes the very thing you are asking God to get rid of is the very thing you are asking God for. You say, Lord, I need peace, but please get rid of the storm. In other words, Lord, I need peace, but get rid of the disturbed peace. Listen, if God got rid of peace, no matter what kind of peace it is, then we would never feel peace. So instead, he stands over our problems and says, peace, be still. The next time your peace is disturbed, the next time you're going through problems, the next time you are struggling, rather than blaming the devil or blaming others, try standing out over that problem and say, peace, be still. The disciples saw a strong storm that was trying to take them under. And Jesus saw water and wind, two components needed to take them over. You see, in order for them to go over to the other side, they needed a boat, they needed water, and they needed wind. The problem was not the wind and the waves. The problem was not the boat, but the problem was peace was disturbed. You may have a good family, and you're wondering what's going wrong. I'm here to let you know it may be out of order. You have money, but your finances are disturbed. You have priorities and you have goals in life, but your priorities and goals are mixed up. Many times we are doing the right things, but we do them out of order. If you are confused and perplexed today, it may be time for you to go wake up Jesus. If you're sitting close by someone, say it's time to wake up Jesus. His disciples wakes him up and Jesus gets up, speaks to the storm and says, peace, be still. Jesus didn't say, Satan, I bind you and cast you back to the pits of hell. He said, peace, be still. He didn't say, I declare and decree you demonic spirit. I command you to flee. He said, peace, be still. Jesus didn't say, what is wrong with y'all? It's all your fault. I had nothing to do with this. Rather, Jesus wakes up and speaks directly to the problem. He says, peace, be still. Beloved, when your heart catches you off guard, when you find yourself in a storm, and you don't know what to do, just stand on the power of God's word and say, peace, be still. Psalms 37, 37 reminds us, says, consider the blameless, observe the upright. A future awaits those who seek peace. When we live our lives by the word of God and the example of Jesus Christ, the Bible says our future will be bright. And it awaits us when we seek peace. Psalm 72, 7 says, In his days shall the righteous flourish an abundance of peace till the moon is no more. Listen, what a promise. Until the moon is no more, if we do what is right before God, we will have an abundance of peace 
Those who are lawbreakers, cheaters, and wicked tend to experience more disturbed peace than those who abide by the law, who are honest and live a life of righteousness. In my closing, remember that even in the midst of the storm, it is not what it looks like. It is what Jesus said. What did he say? He said, let us go over to the other side. For those who need a little bit more assurance, Isaiah the prophet tells us, he says, Has thou not known, has thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. For he giveth power to the faint, and to them that has no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings as eagles they shall run and not be weary and they shall walk and not faint brothers and sisters if you're weak today the Lord will renew your strength and while others are grounded by fear you you can mount up on wings of eagles You can run and not get tired. And if you can't run, you can walk and not faint. So let us rise and go over to the other side. If you wait on the Lord, your strength will be renewed. You will mount up with wings like an eagle. And for those who don't have wings, thank God that you can run and not be weary. Or if you can't run, you can walk and not faint. I don't need a praise leader to tell me to raise my hand. I don't need a preacher to make me stand up on my feet. When I think of what God has done, when I think of his goodness and his mercy and how he saved me and how he raised me, how he woke me up this morning and started me on my way, I wish somebody would help me praise the Lord. Oh, I get happy all over. I get excited. My hands go up. And my feet start moving because I know that he is able. The enemy keeps trying to pull me under. But I heard the voice of the Lord said, let us go over to the other side. Let us go over to the other side. We hope you've enjoyed the crucified message with Dr. Tony Young Jr. of Christ Gospel Church of St. Petersburg, Florida. It's a listener supported program. And your generous gifts are needed to help meet the goals of this program to strengthen your walk with Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. You can help support the crucified message by visiting Christ Gospel Church. Visit ChristGospelStPete.org or mail your gift to The Crucified Message at Christ Gospel Church of St. Petersburg, Florida, 2512 22nd Avenue South, St. Petersburg, Florida, 33712. Your support is a true blessing to Bishop Leonard, Dr. Tony Young Jr., and the entire Crucified Message Ministry. You've been listening to the Crucified Message, sponsored by Christ Gospel Church of St. Petersburg. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit ChristGospelStPete.org. That's ChristGospelStPete.org. Weekdays at night. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.